It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Julian Council. Happy to be here talking all things Carolina Panthers. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and yes, Friday. Your team every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on the new Odyssey app, and well, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You should know that by now if you've been listening to the show since I've taken over about the last two months or so. You know where to find me. You know where to find us. You know where to find all the podcasts that are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every week, every Friday in particular, I need your participation as we have our weekly Friday mailbag where you can ask me pretty much whatever you want to ask me about the Carolina Panthers. You can ask me whether I panic bought gas like someone did last week, Eric decided to do. And Eric, I'm still upset with you for asking that question, but you know what? It's fair. I said ask me anything, and you asked me whatever you wanted to ask. So please, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where you can get all my perspective on the Carolina Panthers and all things Charlotte sports and whatever's going through my mind that I feel like putting out there on Twitter. Today, we're going to have our first guest ever. I have worked on trying to get a few guests. Things have fallen through. Timing's not always great, but you know, it, things happen. I'm going to try and incorporate more guests moving forward, especially throughout the rest of the offseason as the whole uh, content machine here at the Carolina Panthers slows down. We did have rookie minicamp this past weekend. So what is there to take away from that? I don't know because I didn't go. So that's why I'm going to have Josh Klein on from the Riot Report to let me know what he saw there this past weekend over off Cedar Street and uh, what kind of rookies impressed, the looks of J.C. Horn, uh, what did Terrace Marshall do, worked a lot on the side, and then some of the other unheralded guys, UDFAs, maybe a David Moore, how could he factor in on the offensive line? So I'll ask Josh Klein about that here in just a few moments. But we're going to continue our position breakdowns today as we are going to now talk about the linebackers, a position group that, to me, is somewhat interesting, and you could probably – question where the Carolina Panthers should have done more to solidify this group. Now, at safety, I brought it up, where Jeremy Chin, he's moving back there as a safety, and the next one is Justin Burris, but behind them, there's Sam Franklin, there's not really a ton of depth that makes me excited. In linebacker, I don't know how deep a position it is, there's certainly plenty of guys on the roster, and if you look at the depth chart right now, you look at the guys they list on the roster, Jeremy Chin is still listed listed, rather, excuse me, I don't know what's going on, where I randomly say words like that, um, is listed as a linebacker, he will play both safety and I'm sure linebacker, but he is going to reject as a safety for the rest of his career. At least primarily, that's where Phil Snow, the Panthers defensive coordinator, wants him playing at. You also have Jermaine Carter Jr., who started last season in the doghouse. Then he took over late in the season as number 52. Uh, Tahir Whitehead had 
a really, really rough season for a player who had the reputation of being a good run stopper, but then last season he couldn't cover anyone. He couldn't stop the run. He just necessarily couldn't do anything right. I did. I do think 52 had an interception in the Washington game, but other than that, there was a lot of uh, a lot of negative plays. You also have guys like Frankie Louvu, a free agent coming over from the New York Jets. Denzel Perryman was the the big signing, if you want to call it a big signing. He was one of the key signings in free agency, who was going to now don that same number 52 and a number that John Beeson. His fellow uh, alumni, or alum, whatever you call it, uh, he went to the University of Miami. Denzel Perryman also played at the University of Miami. A little undersized guy. He's been injured the last couple of seasons with the Los Angeles Chargers. But when healthy, he's been a really good player, and he's a player I really like playing there as a middle linebacker. Of course, Shaq Thompson's back. You have guys like Chris Orr, who's UDFA, who's back on the roster trying to make the team this year. You have Patty Fisher, who was a first-team Big Ten player multiple years at Northwestern. A defense that was fantastic this past season with Greg Newsom, who went in the first round to the Cleveland Browns. I like Patty Fisher as UDFA. I don't know if he's going to make the roster. He kind of in a similar way of Chris Orr from Wisconsin, where he was a really good college player. But you're not quite sure whether he has the speed to be able to play at this level. And I think that's Patty Fisher's kind of deal. He has the instincts. He was fantastic. At Northwestern. So I think he has a really good chance to be a part of his practice squad. I don't know if he's ever going to be, you know, uh, part of the actual 53-man roster. I think that's actually a, a pretty decent signing. Clay Johnson, of course, is also there. And Christian Miller and Kendall Darnerson. Christian Miller opted out last season. And he's a name we haven't really spoken a lot about. He was a fourth-rounder out of Alabama a couple years ago with Marty Herney as the general manager. And I believe Ron Rivera was still the head coach. Yes, he was for the Carolina Panthers. Last year was supposed to be year two, first year under Matt Rule, and he opted out due to the coronavirus pandemic. And I am extremely interested to know how Matt Rule, Phil Snow, and this coaching staff are going to incorporate a player that decided to opt out of last season. And that's one of the things for a lot of those guys, I understand that they worry about their families and that they want to worry about their own health. And I don't begrudge anyone for deciding to opt out of last season's football season, especially with all the COVID protocols. Honestly, like, I don't know if I would want to go through the headache if I was an NFL player. Yes, certainly I would want to play. And, of course, you make more money. And he got a guaranteed salary last year by being able to sit out, which is one of the good things that the NFLPA was able to work out with the league last year. I just think with your long-term prognosis for your organization, especially with a brand-new head coach and now you have a brand-new general manager – how is that going to impact you? And Christian Miller is a guy who can be one of those edge rushers um, alongside Brian Burns, who I guess technically is a linebacker as well, and alongside Hassan Reddick. I mean, he's going to be behind those guys. And I'm just very curious how he's going to fit into this roster. Like Perryman, I think, is obviously going to start. Jack Thompson, I know folks, they're up and down on Jack and whether he uh, – deserve the money but Shaq is now one of the young leaders on his roster and he's not even he's like a veteran leader at this point he's still a young guy in terms of just age but he's been in the league for a while now from a first round pick and he's gonna be there for a while for the Carolina Panthers he's one of the mainstays at least so Shaq and Denzel Perryman their their position as far as middle linebackers is going to be solidified now how much does Jeremy Chin play linebacker uh, where does Jermaine Carter Jr. fit in in terms of trying to play the middle linebacker filling in? Like, I feel good about that depth. We were talking about three linebackers, Jermaine Carter Jr., Denzel Perryman, Jack Thompson. I feel great about that. If you're going to interchange those three guys, then a chin can come up and play a little bit of linebacker. 
Um, and we're talking about outside linebackers, pass rushers, and which I guess I probably should have looped those guys in, Brian Burns and um, Hassan Reddick into like the defensive lineman, even though like Reddick is an outside linebacker. And how he's going to be utilized probably primarily when they have a three-man front where there's four linebackers, he's one outside, will likely be most times on third downs. I'm very curious to see how he plays on the other two downs prior to third down and how he's going to factor with the Carolina Panthers. Well, with Brian Burns, who apparently looks like he's going to be wearing number nine, which would be weird. I, I kind of liked it. I mean, the 99 was fine with me. So, But if he wants to change his number, go ahead. Uh, I'm. We already know what we got in Brian Burns. He's one of the top young pass rushers in this league. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's... Well, I'm not going to try and compare him to the other guys. Like Nick Bosa is fantastic for the 49ers when he's healthy. But, like, Brian Burns is still... I mean, he's got the speed. He, he might not be as thick, but that guy, he's so good. And he's going to be, hopefully, one of the better defensive players that we've ever had in Carolina Panthers history. And he's definitely one of the key cogs to this defense, one of the main figures that's going to determine whether Carolina can take that next step here in 2021. So, the linebacker position, I feel good about it. It's one of the position groups I don't think we've talked a lot about, but I'm very curious to see how guys like Christian Miller fit in, Frankie Louvu, who probably is going to be more of a special teams guy who could also be a little interchangeable in place in middle linebacker. There's a lot to like with this group, and it's not one of the weaker spots of the roster. It's not one of the stronger spots of the roster. I think it's just like kind of right there in the middle where it's just right, and you don't have many concerns when it comes to the Carolina Panthers linebacker group going into 2021. All right, take a quick pause. Then on the other side, going to have Josh Klein of the Right Report to talk about what happened this past weekend at Panthers Rookie Mini Camp. Hey, Panther fans, listen up. Nugenics' number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T Text Draft 231231. This unique man boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now to include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text Draft 231231. That's Draft 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the tax you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. You can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-O-R-N-T dot com slash locked on NFL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL and get started today. All right, folks. So like I told you, I wasn't at rookie minicamp this past weekend. So I'm not going to sit up here and BS you and act as if I know what happened. That's why I'm going to bring on Josh Klein now of The Right Report and ask him, since he was there, among four people apparently, the hardworking media who was there for Rookie Minicamp this past weekend with the Carolina Panthers, Josh Klein, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I mean, Rookie Minicamp, um, one of the 
less exciting uh, off-season activities. So it doesn't really draw a lot of heat uh, in terms of media coverage. But um, good to see the guys out there, especially this year when they've uh, when they've really kind of tamped down the amount of things that they can do. The NFL has specific rules. Um, the NFLPA specifically wanted it to be wanted rookie minicamp, OTAs, upcoming minicamp. They wanted all of this to be completely virtual. They didn't feel that they needed to be on the field at all. So uh, a lot of teams treated this as more of an orientation. And I think you saw a little bit of that. Um, or I guess we we saw a little bit of that on the field uh, this past weekend. I think it's good, too, the fact that you're seeing these guys out there where this time last year, everything was virtual. There was no kind of gathering, no kind of orientation. I guess that that's how the Panthers kind of handled things this past weekend. And also, it's an 11-man draft class, something we have not had here in Carolina since what, the inaugural draft season back in 96. So it's really cool to see that. So let's just kind of go through some of the prospects and some of the takeaways that you have from rookie minicamp and let's start off with the guy who was the first round pick eighth overall first defensive player taken off the board jc horn did he look the part did he do anything to stand out to make you believe that yeah he's probably gonna be that day one starter like scott fitterer was hoping when they took him eighth overall uh yes he certainly didn't do anything to prove that he wouldn't be that guy um first of all when you say look the part it's gonna take me a few games to get used to the idea of a corner wearing eight in the nfl but I yeah. love it. Like, it's awesome. You saw him coming out on the field and it was like eight. And then it was like, oh, eight. That's right. It's uh, it, it is fun that they with the New Jersey numbers. I'm excited to see some of the changes that they make. Um, some of the other guys, I think DJ Moore is going to go to two. Um, and, and then as we go further along, it seems like that'll be fun. But that's just all nonsense that I'm talking about. Uh, JC Horn, I think, is he did look the part. He's fast. He's long. He's strong. Uh, he's big and you know, it was funny. We were watching some of the seven on seven drills and they didn't, it was like, I want them to throw at JC, but they didn't obviously, because why would they? I mean, he's working on six round pick shy Smith. He's working on undrafted free agent, Micah Simons. Like if one of these guys is open, that's probably not a good sign. And they weren't open and they didn't get thrown at. So I think that's kind of the goal for all of these corners, right? Is you all want is we all like a corner that is like, hey, look at this guy. He's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Deion Sanders is going to score touchdowns and high step in the end zone. But interceptions don't really happen anymore um, as quarterbacks have gotten smarter over the past decade and offenses have gotten that much more precise. So you see that like the, the idea that he's going to produce eight interceptions this season, I just don't think is a reality. I think that if he produces – a situation where like, like what James Bradbury used to do, where you could say, Hey, Julio Jones and Mike Evans and uh, Michael Thomas to a lesser degree. Like these guys are not going to go crazy against the Panthers. And I think that's what they want from JC Horn. I think that's what that's at least this was a good start. He didn't look out of place. And that's kind of funny that you bring up James Bradbury because what was one of the biggest criticisms, if you can even really call it a criticism, he didn't have a ton of takeaways and interceptions, but what he did really well was go up against some of the best wide receivers in this division and really some of the best in the league when you look at Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. And I think that's definitely the expectation and hope for what JC Horn's going to develop in. I'm curious too, Terrace Marshall. I saw that he did a little bit of stuff on the side. He had a knee surgery and the knee is kind of a little bit of a concern for him, but there's also going to be one of the interesting camp battles with him and David Moore coming over from Seattle for that number three wide receiver spot. And I personally believe that in the Panthers best interest for the future, is that Terrace Marshall needs to be that number three wide receiver eventually 
in this season, especially if Robbie Anderson has another thousand yard receiving season and Carolina doesn't really have the money to kind of prioritize him when DJ Moore is going to need a new contract. Of course, Taylor Moten's going to need a new deal. What did you see from Terrace Marshall if really anything we could see this past weekend and, and also your expectations kind of him for him heading into the season? Um, well, first of all, we didn't really see a whole lot from Terrace Marshall. The, I will tell you in okay. terms of looking the part, he was like a head and shoulder taller than all the other receivers. Like it caught my, it was one of those things where it catches your eye and you're like, holy crap. And then it's, he's six, four, like he, he's big, he's a big wide receiver. So, um, he was, uh, I, I was, I was impressed with his size, but other than that, he really didn't do any work. He was working with trainers for most of the time during these sessions. And honestly, it's May. Who cares? Yeah, like it's he, right. I, I I saw somebody tweet and was like, "Oh my god, this guy's hurt!" And it's like, it's May, guys. Like, just pump the brakes. It's gonna be okay. If he's still if he's still working on the side in August, even if he's still working on the side in in OTAs and minicamp, then let's talk about it. But th- this he didn't need to be out there today. Um, so I, I think that I do. I, I agree with you. He needs to be that number three wide receiver because I don't think they're gonna have the money to bring Robbie Anderson back. Um, probably Robbie has priced himself out in terms of a guy that's in his twenties that has proven now that he can be uh, at least if not a number one receiver, a one, a one B receiver uh, mm-hmm. on a team. So I, I think that Terrace Marshall, that's what they're hoping for. They want him to come in and be the compliment to DJ Moore um, going forward. So yeah, I, I think that you're absolutely right. Expectation wise, I'm hopeful that he can stay on the field and produce those kind of numbers because when you do see him on the field, um, I mean, he makes magic out there. And it's like, it's hard for me to tell because I don't watch you. You're a college football guy, right? Yeah. Love it. I don't, I don't watch a ton of college football except for like literally like draft prospects. I don't watch it during the season. Um, and it's like, so I look back and I'm like, is Terrace Marshall a product of LSU or is he this good of a, does he have that much talent? It's hard for me to separate those two things. It is hard, especially that year in 2019, because it's not just like Randy Moss's son was the fifth option, and you're thinking that he's going to be an NFL player. Didn't even get drafted in that off. I don't think he's. I don't think he's even on a roster right now. No, he's not. And I think that was really he was definitely more of a product of that offense under Joe Brady. And you look around, you have obviously Jamar Chase, who ends up being a first round pick. You have uh, Clyde edwards who ends up being a first round pick by the Chiefs last year. Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy, number one overall pick. Terrace Marshall. He had the injuries too at LSU, but when he was on the field and and Justin Jefferson also was on that team. So he got four first round picks on that offense. He was not really that different than Jamar Chase and from Justin Jefferson. He was just as skilled and as talented as those two guys. And when he was out, it certainly was noticeable. But the fact that you had four other dudes on that roster that were first rounders, it didn't really hurt LSU as much as it might hurt another team if they don't have, you know, a guy of that talent Terrace Marshall has on the roster or on the field healthy. So I'm excited to see what he can bring, especially with that size, the speed. He's everything that you would want in a wide receiver, especially in today's game. And Carolina really hasn't had a big wide receiver like that since we had the Funches and the Kelvin Benjamin, who apparently just got signed by Gettleman up in New York. That's tight end, end. Kelvin Benjamin to you. Yeah, tight end. But those guys didn't have speed. And they certainly didn't have the kind of hands and the talent, I think, that in athleticism that we're going to be getting from Terrace Marshall. Took a quick pause. More of Josh Klein in just a moment. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, someone I'm actually interested in, and for the folks who've listened to it, they know I'm, I'm obsessed with the offensive line and where the Panthers are ever going to have an offensive line, and mainly a left tackle to protect the quarterback. Sam Darnold, he's in a good situation now in Carolina, obviously, with the weapons around him. But is he going to have a line that's any better than the one he had in New York the last couple of seasons? Brady Christensen. Panthers waited until the third round to finally get a left tackle, or presumably a left tackle. They've yet to say whether he's going to be a left tackle or if he's going to be a guard or whatever it's going to be. What did you kind of see from Brady Christensen? And what is kind of your vibe and thoughts on what the Carolina Panthers are wanting to do with him this offseason and, and really even this first season with him here on the roster? Well, again, and I like to couch these things. It's hard yeah. to take. It's hard to have too many takeaways from rookie minicamp where they're not allowed to hit anybody. They're not really wearing pads. They're wearing shells. But at the same time, you look at Brady Christensen, you listen to him talk, and this is a guy that seems like he's hyper-intelligent, has a real verve for the game. And when you look at his tape at BYU, I mean, the guy was, the guy was an elite left tackle at BYU. Like, there is no, there are no questions about that now did he face the highest level of competition maybe not but it doesn't matter you can only all you can do is block the guy that's in front of you it's not his fault that brian burns wasn't coming to to provo every week that's where they play right provo yeah provo god i am a college football guy that is clear lavelle edwards stadium in provo utah yeah so it's not his fault that these guys weren't lined up against him and and you know you look at the way you look at his tape you look at the way his feet moves um, does he have, it's really a question of whether he has the physical attributes to be a left tackle in the NFL. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk about how his, sh- his arms are short, but he does have all of the other things. He has the speed. He has the strength. This is a guy that when you talk about what Matt rule and what Scott fitter are like in an athlete, he checks all those boxes. So it's really a question of whether or not he can play left tackle or whether he's going to skew more towards a guard position. Because I do think that at the very least, they do feel like he could line up inside and, and compete to be a starter. Now, whether he ends up starting as a rookie, I don't know. I I, I feel like I see a lot of people like penciling in Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown as starters on the offensive line. I mean, this may be just Twitter, like coming through time, coming through the timeline, but it's like, that to me is I always think about how an opposing team would feel like if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you're looking, you're like, oh, they're starting a rookie third rounder and a rookie sixth rounder on the left side. Thank you. Awesome. We like that. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so I, I think that maybe we if we adjust our expectations of what Brady Christensen could be in the future, I, I think this could be a really great value for the Carolina Panthers. In fact, it was my favorite pick of the draft. I felt like this was a guy this is this is who you should be taking in the third round. Somebody that you know could be have a high floor at guard and could theoretically have a high ceiling if everything clicks together. 
Yeah, and I guess we're looking at just a depth chart on the offensive line. Like, I, if, just to me, sitting here in mid-May, I would assume the starters, we just go right to left. I think right to left's a lot easier. Taylor Moten, obviously, at right tackle. I'm going to imagine John Miller's probably starting again at right guard. Right. Center, obviously, Matt Paradis. Left guard. Work gets hard. Yeah, what, based off of the money, Pat Elfline. And sure. if we're going to go based off of the money, again, it could be Cam Irving, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Trent Scott. Now, the, the guys who I'm very interested in who could potentially start, though, and, like, you you bring up a good point. Like, do you want to be starting six-rounders? David Moore out of Grambling is a guy that a lot of people were interested in just because of, like, the size he had. If they mm-hmm. if that university and their program didn't opt out of last season not playing football, he might have been a draft pick. I'm very interested in, like, what he might bring to the table, especially when this coaching staff coached him down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, and they had him at center a little bit, and Matt Paradis, this is his last year in Carolina. Sure, Pat Elfline maybe could project to be a center again. He was in college at the Ohio State University. It was for a little bit with the Vikings before Grant Bradbury, local Charlotte guy, took that job. What did you kind of think about David Moore? And I guess I don't like to get too caught up in, like, UDFAs. A lot of times these guys aren't going to make the roster anyway or really help you. I'm just kind of curious like, what your thoughts are on him. And obviously you probably didn't really see much out of him this past weekend with the uh with minicamp well you did we we got to talk to him on friday i think and i i will say that you know he what i'm what i'm discovering what i think we're all discovering is that matt rule has a type in terms of football players okay um and david moore checks a lot of boxes like wants to come in early wants to stay late wants to study film loves the game of football and i know that's such a cliche but it's like you can like some guys like some of the guys that you have mentioned that are no longer on the team, Devin Funches, I'm not sure that he loves the game of football. Kelvin Benjamin, I'm not sure that he loves the game of football. David Moore, he loves football. Like he is, he was so happy and so happy to be there. He's so happy to be out there, you know, hitting the hitting the pads and like and and being coached by these off by Pat Meyer and by Tony Sperano Jr. That that it's like you could tell that it's like he's trying to get better at every rep, and that I think is something that's super important to Matt Rule. And I think that David Moore certainly could make this roster, especially the interior offensive line. You look at who's on this team. Like, I, I don't really see a whole lot of depth. Like, it's not like they're just, they're screw, they're, they're like, oh my, how are we going to fit all these guys onto the roster? Yeah. Like there, there are, there's room at the bottom of this roster in for the depth at the bottom of this depth chart on along the offensive line, especially you're playing 17 games. You know, there's going to be attrition up there. There's room for David Moore, the very least. I mean, certainly for a practice squad spot, but I'm not sure that I'm not sure that he wouldn't get poached off the practice squad. I think that, you know, if I was making it a, a 53 right now, David Moore would be one of, you know, would be like 52, 53, 54, you know, like one of those guys that it's making, it's hard to leave him off the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you don't. I, I I agree with you. That's probably a guy who should have been drafted again, probably would have been had he played a season. And if the Panthers were to let him go, he's probably going to be playing for another team on their practice squad. All right. So a couple more here for you, Josh. You were a big man hurts guy. Hashtag man hurts hive. Yep. Are you now Tommy Trimble hive? Hashtag Trimble hive. Um, yeah, I, I think that Tommy Trimble is – uh, it, I mean, they essentially drafted Chris Man like a younger version of Chris Manhurts. Like he he's literally eighty two. Yeah, he's wearing eighty two. He he's big. He's strong. He likes to hit people. He doesn't. I like. I, I know there's 
yeah, I, he could be a good receiving tight end, but I think in terms of like raw receiving tight ends with with talent that they're trying to bring out, they already have one of those on the roster. I mean, Ian Thomas is a guy that they drafted that Marty Herney in the last uh, regime drafted because he was raw and looked like he could be a guy that could produce in the receiving game from the tight end spot. I'm not sure that's what they want out of Tommy Tremble, especially not in his rookie year. I think in his rookie year, they're going to line him up at, uh, at H back. I think they're going to line him up in line and he's going to put dudes on their ass. I, now I can say it. So I'm just going to use it all the time. Uh, but it's like, this is a dude that's like violent and like likes to hit people. And it's like, that's fun. Like, was it worth a third round pick? I'm not sure, but yeah, for a blocking tight end. <laughs> but but if if it's a guy that's going to go out there and and be the best blocking tight end and have a role in your offense, if you have a role pictured for him, then you go out and you go go get him. But I, I think that Tommy, Trum- I wouldn't be drafting Tommy Tremble to your tight end uh, fantasy team. I think if you're going to like Dan Arnold, I think actually will have some get a lot of red zone looks. Yeah. But I do not think that Tommy Tremble is going. to... I think he literally is going to have those man hurts lines where it's like where where. There was a point during Ian Thomas's rookie year where people were so upset that Manhurts was playing more snaps than Ian Thomas, but it's like they're not they don't play the same position. I think it's going to be the same thing. I don't think Tommy Tremble plays the same position as Dan Arnold. He plays that H back, that fullback slash tight end spot that yeah, maybe he can catch some passes, but if he pancakes three dudes over the course of a game, that's going to be a successful game for Tommy Tremble. I mean, the way I look at it is he at least projects out to potentially be a guy who could be a threat in the passing game. But Josh, appreciate you. You guys can follow him on Twitter at the Josh Klein, or sorry, at Josh Klein Rules. Got to get that right, at Josh Klein Rules. He writes for the Right Report, managing editor, does, or editor-in-chief. Man, I'm getting your title all messed up here, man. You're all good, man. So it's all fine. Uh, You can find me on the internet um, talking about Dave Matthews usually and sometimes about the Panthers. Are you going to DMB in uh, July in Raleigh? You know it, dog. I got the <laughs> I got them pit tickets. I'll be yelling out two step. I'll be singing along with Warehouse. If you see me up there, please don't talk to me because I don't want anyone to know. I don't. I don't want to know that anyone is up there like around me. I like to just be lost in the music. Actually, I I'm just it. kidding. Come up and say hi. I think I'm going. So I. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So so we could you it. could say hi. So yeah. awesome. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you so much. That wraps another edition of Locked On Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on the new Odyssey app, and pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, as we're going to need your participation for our weekly Friday mailbag where you can ask me anything and pretty much really anything that pertains to the Carolina Panthers. Again, appreciate the support. Love you all. Talk to you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.